0: Sick Boy Podcast is a health and comedy show about what it's like to be sick. Wait, is that right? How can illness be funny? You'd be surprised. Okay. Sick Boy is hosted by me, Brian Stever, and me, Taylor McGilvery, and myself, Jeremy Saunders. Come on in and join us to melt your heart, learn something fascinating, and bust a belly laugh. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. You can find Sick Boy on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your pods. This is a CBC podcast. You'll hear from
1: actor Nathan Lee Graham, Broadway, film, many other talents. We talked about the difference between loving yourself and liking yourself. And he said something that I have been thinking about ever since. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power, and you're listening to cute Nathan Lee Graham. He has got so many talents as an artist. He's a theater performer, a TV and film actor, singer, writer, director... He was in the original Broadway casts of uh, The Wild Party and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Both very cool shows. Maybe you saw him in Zoolander or Zoolander 2. Now Nathan is in Toronto back on the stage starring in the Tony Award winning musical *Hades Town*. The show tells the story of two Greek mythological couples, Hades, who is the god of the underworld, and his queen, Persephone, and this young couple, Orpheus, and his love, Eurydice. And guiding the audience through this tale is Nathan Lee Graham, who plays Hermes, the charismatic narrator of the whole thing. He joined me in studio. Here's our conversation. Welcome to Q, Nathan Lee.
0: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: I'm glad to have you. I, got, I saw your show on Wednesday. yes. You were phenomenal. How's it feeling being back on tour again? You've said that the last time you were on tour, the Golden Girls were on, were on air. I think, <laughs> I think you were kidding. I don't know. No,
0: no, no. I wasn't kidding. Oh, okay,
1: factually. I believe fact- that
0: the Golden Girls went off in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. So that's about the time. Yeah. How's it feeling to be on tour again? It is not easy. No. But, but very exciting. You know, I love bringing people together for a moment where we can all sort of focus on the same thing, even though we may come a, a, come away from it with different results. But it's just nice to come together for a moment. It's very exciting to me.
1: It is exciting. It's hard work. I used to do the eight shows a week schedule in, oh God, in theater and on tour. It's a murder. And especially, like, it looks like you're having a great Great time, which you are. But my goodness, does it take a lot of work to maintain? Like, you're you're an athlete for that time, right? People don't oh, absolutely.
0: understand. And the five show weekends in particular, what I mean Oof. by that is the Friday to Saturday to Sunday. That is murder. And of course, everyone, you know, everyone's schedules seems to be, oh, we want to come and see you on that Saturday night or that Sunday night. I'm like, that's when I'm the most exhausted. <laughs> But, um...
1: Like, how about come and see me on a on a Tuesday yeah, night after my nice day off? I'm Sort fresh. of
0: fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Wednesday through Friday. But, no, uh we try to give the best performances we can every night, right? Uh, yeah. But it is it is a sprint to the finish.
1: Yeah. You kind of yeah. have to live a nun life, too, when you're doing that, I right? do. So, do you?
0: Well, for the role of Hermes, I think you have to, mm. because... He never leaves the stage. I think he leaves the stage in the end of the second act for maybe six to eight minutes tops. And, you know, you're there the whole time and you're not just even when you're watching the other performers uh, do their thing, you have to be engaged with them, you know, and plugged in. For sure,
1: for sure, yeah. and being present about it. Yeah, I also want to talk about your voice and how how you use it in this show because Whoa. it is. I mean, it's, it's staggering the the range, and I'm no—I don't mean range from like low to high range, although that's very impressive as well. But the range in terms of like your your command of of quiet, soft notes and airy sounds, and then all the way to super throaty, salty things. There was a vocal moment at the beginning of Act Two that made me think of Nina Simone's song "Mississippi Goddamn." Um it, like you're t- tell me about tackling the the vocal range of well, the I show. Well I think
0: because the character of Hermes is a trickster, right? Mm. Sort of like Loki, you know, he has to take on different tactics to make the story happen, right? And so the best communicators are people who understand what they need to do in order to cajole, to conjure, mm. to to make people listen. You know, and it's like, well, I got to try a different tactic here. And so sometimes that requires a different sound and a different voice. And I think because he is a god, he takes on these different, you know, uh, beings. And my sort of spiritual animal in this particular performance for me are birds. I might be an eagle at one point. Sometimes I'm a canary. Sometimes I'm an owl. You know, I use my neck in a very sort of owl-like way sometimes. And when I take on these different personas, these different birds, if you will, they require a different voice too.
1: I want to talk about your uh, your narrator role, this this shape shifting, bring us along narrator role, and how you extended that at the end of a particular performance that you gave uh, in Fayetteville um, back in May. I read this this article about something that you said at the very end of the show. Um, you said you raised a cup to Fayetteville's queer and trans community, and you told the audience that if the cast had learned anything from Town, is that change is possible, and I'm reading here a quote, in, in dark times, spring will come again. Um, tell me about taking the narrator to that place at that time.
0: Well, I feel like it was also a natural thing to do. And when you are with an audience that needs that kind of healing— it's so important to address it.
1: How did you, sorry to interrupt you, how did you know that they needed that kind of healing? Is well, it because we, of all the things going on in the news about anti-trans legislation yes, at that time? Yes, and in okay. particular
0: in that city itself. Right. And because when you get there, the energy is so palpable mm. and so ripe for inclusion and diversity, what better place than the theater to have that sort of soothing salve, you know? Mm. Um And in a place where we can all come together and sort of have our come to whatever moment in the theater, the church of the theater, right? In that cathedral Mm. of art. I think it was the most apropos place to do it. And also, it was needed, you know, it was needed for the people who don't have a voice, And wanted to feel as though they belonged and are a part of something and needed some sort of outlet that wasn't sort of, uh, I don't want to say violent, but an outlet that spoke to the problem, but didn't sort of hit you over the head with it, but said, listen, we are here. We understand what's going on with you and we support you. And that's what this show is about as well. You matter. Mm. Um, we see you. We hear you. We're here with you. And we're going to do all of this together.
1: Was there someone who did that for you when you were coming up as a as the person that, that you are, especially a black gay man yeah. in the theater?
0: Well, it's so funny because Andre DeShields won a Tony Award for playing Hermes, right? In
1: the original Broadway company. Yes. Yeah.
0: And he's always been a mentor of mine. Mm. So he he happens to be a mentor of mine and a friend. And then another singular person, uh, Eartha Kitt, happened to be a mentor and a colleague and a friend. Wow. So when you get to meet these people and then actually work with them, it is like it's beyond a dream come true, Um, whatever that is. These people were such touchstones for me growing up because they were singular, they were authentic, and you and you knew this. Even if you didn't know the words yet, and yeah. I didn't know the words as an adolescent or as a teenager, but I, can, I could intrinsically feel through the screen, through a video, through a live performance, that there was someone or some people out there that were like me and that I was okay, and that I was going to be okay, mm. and that I was going to be all right. It wasn't, it wasn't as if life was going to be a bed of roses, but it meant that I mattered, and that I did belong somewhere, and that I would make it through. And having those two touchstones in particular were amazing to me. And then I also had a wonderful family. I had grandparents and parents who really supported me. They knew that I was different, quote unquote. But they celebrated it. And in spite of knowing that I was going to have some hard times, you know, with students and kids and casting people and this and that in the world at large. Yeah. They still supported me being my most authentic self. And that was priceless. You know, I it could have gone so many different ways. And I certainly have had my ups and downs, but through it all, to have the support of the people that are supposed to love you first mm. and the most. Yeah. That was amazing wasn't easy for them, I'm sure, either. Did you forget to talk to them about that? We didn't do a lot of talking about it. Yeah. We did a lot of doing about it. Okay. My mother always has this phrase. She goes, uh, deal don't dwell. Mm. So you deal with it, but you don't dwell on it. And so that has been sort of my motto. She has that and keep it moving. Um, you know, that was all about not getting that job or that gig from that audition. Keep it moving, Nathan. Keep it moving. Wow. All right, Mom. And you need that when oh, you're in yeah. this industry. You
1: need that. You need somebody to just remind you to...
0: Keep it moving. <laughs> you've got to. You've got to. But, you know, having people like that in my life was super important. And having the visual of an Andre de Shields or an Eartha Kitt, mm-hmm. for instance. There are many more, but those two were mainstays and people that I actually know. So the visual visualization of them seeing them do it was super important and if i can do anything it's always show up you know in in whatever medium i can and being as authentic as possible of your favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: You received the Human Rights Campaign Visibility Award, which I can't imagine there being a more meaningful title, I guess, for a war- an award, given given what you're saying right now. And, and in your speech, you... Uh, you talked about a teacher who planted the activist seed in you. Oh, yes. And the quote that I have here is that she said, do you you want to say it? No, you you go ahead and say it. better than me. No. Okay. You said that she said, if you start lying now, you'll have to keep lying. But if you begin to discover the truth about yourself right away, your work will be better. You won't have to double act.
0: What does that mean? Well, that was from the wonderful, and I might mm, tear up a little, uh, Susan Gregg, she's no longer with us. She was um, my first acting coach at Webster University Conservatory in Webster Groves, Missouri, the Sargent Conservatory now. She saw that I had a block and she saw that I was trying to figure out a way to act the way I think a straight person or someone who prefers that kind of acting, you know, may it be a casting agent or a director or an audience member, she saw me trying to interpret a role through that lens instead of just interpreting the role. And she said to me these words. She said, you know, Nathan, you can't double act. You can't try to become a different person to please everyone else, and then superimpose that mm. onto the work. We'll never get to the juice of this character. We'll never get to the truth. You must approach this character from the truth, from who you are, and then we'll, we'll, we will contour, we will shape, we will make it work. And I understood it. One of my best talents, thank goodness, is that I know how to listen. Hmm. I don't know how, but I'm glad that I have that characteristic. I have plenty of bad ones, but that one's a good one. And I believed her. But in order to do that, you have to get out of your own way as a human being and accept yourself, like yourself.
1: Maybe even love yourself, celebrate yourself. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know... It's so funny. Um, I've always loved myself, but I've not always liked myself. Mm. And I think liking yourself is loving yourself all the time.
1: I can't think of a better note to end on. We'll just meditate on that for a second. I've just felt the temperature change in the room a little bit. Do you feel it as you said that?
0: I did, I must admit.
1: <laughs> it did. Oh. What's making you what's making you emotional right now? Are you all right?
0: Well, it's like, if we could all do that, my God, so many problems would be solved.
1: Amen. You know? I'm very grateful that you're on tour bringing this energy to many people in many different places, and thank you for being here today.
0: It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you.
1: That's Nathan Lee Graham, uh, stage, TV, and film actor. You can probably hear hear this in the way that he speaks but like, when he extends his hands, it looks like the tips of his fingers just go out into the universe forever. Like, he's pure elegance, and the, the his limbs just don't end. Anyway, he uh, stars in the Tony Award-winning musical Hades Town. It's in Toronto at the Royal Alexandra Theatre until August 20th. It will also be traveling to Ottawa, Calgary, and Edmonton later this year. It is a spectacular show. I haven't really ever seen anything like it. That's it for this episode of the podcast, but you can find another episode in your feed right now. And if you're kind of on this, the self-love train, the self-liking train after what you just heard from Nathan Lee Graham, you might want to check out another interview in your feed today. It's Tom Powers' conversation with Sam Smith, who you might know from that smash hit song Stay With Me. Sam has been on a, on a journey of self-discovery definitely in the past few years. They came out as non-binary in 2019. It changed their approach to living their life. It changed their approach to making music. And they talk about bringing their full self, their full joyful, sexy, naughty, whatever you want to call it, self to the table in their music. You can find that conversation right now in your feed. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time.